3: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSN.
4: Okay, Elliot, thank you. It is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the v studios here at the South Point. For those of you looking for programming this Sunday, there isn't a Game 7. We were hoping, as a gambling network, you're hoping for a Game 7 because you have more to talk about as you set up the game. But, of course... As they said last night on the podium, the Warriors, this one just hits a little differently. It's the fourth championship in eight years for the Warriors, six appearance in eight years. Of course, Steph, the finals MVP unanimously, he said it was the most meaningful championship of his career. Obviously, they covered the number last night. They came into the season, the Warriors, 12 to one to win a championship. They finish it off and miraculous as we say hi on this Friday. Michael Lombardi out. He's down in Key West getting busy. So that means my man, Mike Pritchard, is in today.
5: What's up, Pritch? Nothing much. Great to be with you today, great to Patrick. Be with Absolutely. You, man. Other than, you know, Golden State asserting themselves and winning another championship and Steph Curry elevating himself to one of the all time greats. He's he's currently a great, we know that, a superstar, but Uh, One of the all-time greats. When you win championships like this, I mean, there's no doubt now.
4: Let the top ten debates begin when it comes
5: (laughs) to Steph, right? What was he or wasn't he?
4: What I find fascinating, Pritch, and this really is a redemption story, because if you think about the last three years for this Warriors team, think about it. They lost to Toronto, Mm -hmm. and then KD bailed. After two championships, two finals MVPs for him. The questions were, did they need KD? Remember, they won 73 without KD. They won a championship, fell apart in the finals against LeBron after the 73-win season. But you're starting to get a little bit older. Clay goes down for... Two straight years. Essentially, he played 32 regular season games right. and three seasons. That's Clay Thompson, a Hall of Famer. Uh, Steph, the year, the bubble season, he broke his hand. He was out for a while. They had the worst record in basketball, 15 and 50, two years ago. The redemption story culminates last night. I mean, but the iteration, because you can almost look at this as a three iteration process mm-hmm. as far as these Warrior teams, as far as the championships pitch, because you got the pre KD. You got KD, right. and now you've got post-KD, and they went through a ton to get here. I think it's you know, that three-headed monster of Steph, Draymond, and Clay, all drafted by the Warriors, right. all not necessarily heralded as a great player coming out of college. Remember, Steph didn't even have a position. Mm-hmm. You know, Draymond, a defensive guy, and Clay on Washington State. It's really fascinating, and it's old school—a team that's built from within.
5: It really is, and I think the glue with all that is Kerr. Good point. Right? That's 9 chances cham—that's nine
4: championships as a player and a coach, Frank. But
5: but I think that speaks volumes to what you just mentioned and to sum it all up, and and why Golden State is where they are right now. I mean, when you when you have that type of pedigree, Patrick, that was hard for me to bet against. I mean, I like the money line situation, yeah. f- plus one forty five. Uh, earlier in the day yesterday yeah it was tasty absolutely (laughs) because they're they're on the precipice of winning another championship and uh the way that they asserted themselves like I mentioned earlier uh to be in that position to gain the momentum win back-to-back games nobody thought they could win three in a row against Boston but they did uh in dramatic fashion and so yeah I mean from a historic standpoint and that's what we're talking about with this team this dynasty you have to throw in Kerr and the nine you championships, have you have to throw in um, whatever they were feeding off of in terms of did they have chips on their shoulders or what they were chasing. I always say that about greats too, Patrick, um, Jerry Rice or, or anybody, Tom Brady. You're always chasing something because that's what's going to motivate you. jangling in front right? of you because that's what's going to motivate you to be even better than you have been. Uh, even if you're great already. So we saw Steph get to another level carrying the team on his shoulders from a scoring standpoint. And then defensively, the way that they stepped up, too, you have to give a lot of credit to uh, Kerr. I'm glad you brought up Kerr. And Elliot, I want to get to that Steph comment where he
4: said this one hits different in just a couple of seconds. But just to follow up on what Pritch said was great, I love the idea of the greats having something kind of in front of them, mm-hmm. chasing something, a chip on their shoulder. Steph came out skinny, positionless. You, you look at him now, and I always joke with with pritch he's he's in the best shape possible here at, at Vison, and he's he, you know <laughs> it, it, he, he would admit a little bit older in a couple of oh, us, but s- still sure, in better sure. shape, but think about steph thirty four years old, this is the best shape we've seen him in. Right. this is the best conditioned we've seen him. He was working part of my language pritch, his ass off mm-hmm. to get uh, to get open to get these threes off to get these shots off, and his ability to get to the rim. We didn't know if he had a position coming out of college because he didn't have a handle. Now he's thought of as one of the best ball handlers in the history of the game. And his finishing at the rim, at his size, think about Tatum. Tatum can't finish at the rim. and, And we'll get to Boston. I saw you roll your eyes. We'll get to Boston. But Steph's ability to add muscle and finish at the rim
5: along with revolutionizing the game as a three-point shooter, has been incredible. I think, Patrick, you gain knowledge uh, the longer you're in your your uh, specific sport. So you think about MJ going up against your bad boys and what he needed to do with his body because he knew how physical it was going to be. And if he was going to be that type of player, challenge the rim, challenge um, uh, Eastern Conference teams that way physically, then he needed to reinvent himself. And I think Steph uh, knew that, too. As you get older, uh, as players, we know that we need to do that. We need to evolve. That's that's how you find ways of getting better. Uh, so a lot of credit to Curry. He was guarding Horford.
4: <laughs> and Horford wouldn't even back they him were, down. Uh, they, were, they were finding Horford on switches against Curry as well. And Curry was just absolutely blowing past him. Right. And finishing at the rim. It was awesome. And as you mentioned, Pritch, Steph, was kind of – Revolutionized the game, but also you, we've watched him grow. Some of these mm-hmm. pictures I look know. a little bit older, and now he's just absolutely <laughs> yoked. And yep. he did admit yesterday because there's been some questions in the last three years. Have been trying, Elliot. He mentioned he mentioned yesterday. This one hits a little bit differently.
2: This one hits different for sure. Just knowing what the last three years have meant, what, it, what it's been like <clears throat> from injuries to. You know, changing on the guard and the rosters, wigs coming through, our young guys. Carrying the belief that we could get back to the stage and win, even if it didn't make sense to anybody when we said it. All that stuff matters, and now <clears throat> we got four championships, you know, me, <laughs> and Dre, Clay, and Andre, finally got that bad boy. It's special,
4: man, it's Special. And that bad boy he's referring to is the NBA Finals. Remember, right. Iguodala won their first championship. He won the NBA. Now, it should have been Steph that year, but mm-hmm. I'll put that to the side. And then mm-hmm. KD with two in a row as far as the NBA Finals MVP. You know, it, he sounded, like,
5: it sounded like um, everything we've been through. I know the injuries on top of that, right? But this was about separating themselves from that KD era as well, though. Yo, you nailed it. You know, um, and he doesn't want to say that because he's classy. <laughs> 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 but I'll say it for him. Like, you know, KD is KD. He's he's a great player, awesome player, really. But, uh, you know, I think when you get a finals MVP like Steph did, and it's just a defining moment, and you're at the podium right there, and you could bury that narrative if you wanted to, but he chose not to. That's why I think a lot of people respect Steph Curry.
4: You know, he gets killed as well because he gets called bougie. His mm. dad was an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a multitude of factors as to why Steph was never really respected for being tough. We kind of judge people based on perception. We perceive he comes from kind of an upper-class Uh, upbringing. The assumption would be he's not tough. He's, he's, he's a dog. I mean, he really is. And these are three unique players. If you think about Steph revolution, revolutionized the game as far as the three point shot. Uh, But Draymond, the defensive IQ and clay, one of the best shooters of all time as Mm -hmm. well. These are very unique players that were put together 10 years ago at this point. And 10 years, four championships, six appearances,
5: not bad. Not bad at all. And then you bring along people like Wiggins, too, though, and Poole. I oh, mean, we I have think, to discuss Wiggins. Right. I mean, I think uh, as those three dynasty players, in addition with Kerr, uh, and the culture that they've created, the fact that Wiggins can fit in and thrive, the fact that Poole could fit in and thrive, Gary Payton is second. GP two great defense, great defense, elevated minutes uh, in Game six too. So obviously the culture is is set and it's where Golden State wants it to be. But that's a proud moment for those players, though. Pritch brought
4: up Kerr, Elliot. I want to play five here in a second, but good job on the rundown here, buddy. Open twelve to one. That being the Warriors to win a championship by November, they were down to nine to one. December down to six to one. January four and a half to one. February four and a half. So you see as the number got shorter. The Warriors continue to get better. They go into the finals, a minus 160 favorite. Betting percentages on the finals, this is prior to the season, it would appear, right, Elliot? Betting percentages, 16.8% of the tickets on the Warriors and 30% of the handle, which was the most in the NBA Mm preflop before the season started. Pritch brought it up, and it was a great point. You got to give credit to Kerr. Remember, he took over for Mark Jackson as this dynasty was kind of blossoming, and he said, yeah, you know what? This one does feel a little bit different.
3: Well, they're all unique. They're all special. Um, <clears throat> I think this one may have been the most unlikely just from the standpoint of where we've been the last couple of years, a lot of unknowns with injuries to clay, um, you know, Draymond at the end of the year, staff at the end of the year, um, a lot of young guys at kind of a new core, uh, or, or a new group around our core, I should say. Um, uh, but, um, uh, it's really special to see guys like Wiggs and, and Loon and Gary Payton, um, just how far they've come, um, the impact they made, Jordan Poole, same thing. And I, I know I'm going to forget people, but it takes uh, a full team effort to do this. And.
4: And he's deflecting the praise, mm-hmm. but he sets that culture. Also, Bob Myers, the general manager, but within this organization, players and people flourish. Right. And he mentioned Wiggins. Wiggins was the number one overall pick, thought of as an absolute bust, and he was the second best player on that Warriors. team. He's the second best player on a championship <laughs> team. Right. You, you don't think that has something to do with the organization and how they fl- they help people become who they're supposed to be? It absolutely. Absolutely,
5: absolutely, Patrick. I mean, I think anytime you can elevate a player or a player can elevate themselves, is is probably. A product of the culture, or or certainly the teammates, or coaching, perhaps. I mean, Kerr knocked down a game-winning shot yep. with Chicago. I was at the Paxton one in Phoenix. Oh, you got to come back and tell me. <laughs> you there. brought
4: up a great point. For Boston, we'll get to Boston mm-hmm. next. MJ had to get over the hump. The right. bad boy Pistons had to get over the hump. Bird and Celtics had. There's a hump you got to get over. We'll come back and discuss. Plus, I want to ask Pritch about Clay Thompson and his recovery. It's the Lombardi line. Okay, you hear us talking about the betting splits here on vSIN. Make sure you check out vsIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. If you want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every game, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see the changes. And all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VSIN.com. We got a squad here. Uncrustable Kevin hanging out, texting his girl. We've got Elliot doing the same. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Mike Pritchard sitting in for Michael Lombard. You know, we were having this conversation uh, during the break a little bit where there are a lot of professional bettors, JVT, uh, who's nobody's better when it comes to talking about the association than Jonathan. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of professional bettors that were all over the Celtics in this series. And what's interesting is sometimes you can get labeled as square if you go for a team like the Warriors or you're a backer of the Warriors because they're such a public team. Right. Because Steph Curry is such a public player and people love to bet them. Um, but you could tell... You know, game. What was it? Three game. Four? I'm. I'm trying to think now. The last three. You could. You could tell Kerr and the Warriors started to figure out the chess pieces and started to figure out how to defend Boston, how to intimidate them defensively, and then how to get off offensively. Like we were discussing, Pritch during the, during the commercial a little bit. Did you ever feel, even when Boston in the fourth cut it to nine, mm-hmm. did you ever feel like the Warriors couldn't say, "All right, we'll go ahead and put our foot back on the gas here." They had an answer for everything the Celtics threw out.
5: They did, and I was doing Betting Across America yesterday with Josh Eppelbaum. Um, R.I.P. Josh. <laughs> but <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it was so attractive, and it was actually contrarian, I think, to go on the money line for Golden State. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, I think what you mentioned about uh, some sharps and people expecting to bounce back from Boston, uh, that was an attractive wager right there. But for me, it was attractive that Golden State sees momentum. Yeah. Curry won MVP after game four. That's right. Uh, and so if they would go ahead and cap it off, win a championship, he was going to be the MVP. And they did that. They went back home. Golden State fed off the energy, uh, picked up their intensity defensively, made it difficult for Boston and then took care of business. And they were comfortable doing it in Boston last night. Think about it. Draymond throwing up threes. Porter Jr. throwing up threes. Wiggins throwing up threes. I mean, that's how comfortable this team was. Wiggins with nine three-point attempts. How about Dr- Draymond with a little confidence with the stroke? That, but that, too. And he throws up bricks But he now. was very valuable last night. Right, like, he was. He, he,
4: some of the passes and just his IQ defensively, he, he was very valuable, and they left him wide open right. and hit
5: a couple of threes. But it was a comfort on the floor that I think I'm leaning towards as a former player. And you can throw in metrics. You can throw in handicapping and all that. And I, I, I'm not a handicapper. I'll freely admit that. Uh, But as a player, I can only go off of my experience of what I see. And what I didn't see from Boston was their ability to correct their mistakes. They had turnovers. At what point was that going to correct itself? It wasn't. They have lulls in scoring. You cannot have a lull in scoring against Golden State, period. Uh, And so once Golden State kind of – asserted themselves and got that two-game lead. I mean, it was it was a question in my mind whether they could win three in a row, but I went ahead and went on the money line because I'm, I'm thinking that that's just not a bad bet at this point. What'd you get, uh, plus 145? Plus 145. Yeah, it's a tremendous number. Because of the fact that this is a team, been there, done that, the pedigree as well. We just talked about Kerr and the nine championships now, and but they know how to finish. And uh, a lot of times it doesn't matter to sport. More games are lost than won, and but I think when you're championship medal and you have this type of pedigree, you know how to win those you of
4: games. You could see, Pritch, you could see, and I think it was Elliot during the break that said, you know, there was a switch at one point where Smart lost Curry, mm-hmm. and then Curry was face up against Al Horford. You can't have that. You could just watch the confidence. Of the young players, and again, this is a core, all eight top rotation players are under contract for Boston. They're 27 years or younger outside of Horford, so you would assume this is one of those kind of building blocks for the Celtics, but Tatum, this could have a lasting effect on him. Like, he was, I don't know if you saw his post-game presser, he was whispering into the microphone. I mean, he was shook after this. You hope it doesn't residually affect him. And it's just—I think you're right. I think the—I I think the idea of going back to Boston for Game Six as well. I don't know if you heard what they were chanting in the locker room, uh, the Warriors with the championship. There, they were chanting. You're laughing because they were <laughs> chanting "F Draymond, right, F Draymond, right. Draymond." The Warriors. So that tells you they really kind of took that as a positive motivator. Went back to Boston and wanted to close it out. You heard—you heard Kerr, who mm-hmm. you brought up. Uh, after game five, he said, We're going to Boston to close out this series. Sure, sure. Go back to
5: game one, too, though. Um, and a lot of people were miffed at the comments from Draymond, when, or, or even Steph, when they uh, alluded to the fact that, yeah, <laughs> Horford went off and D. White went off. And I mean, we lost to Marcus those guys Smart Marcus off. Smart. We, that's not going to happen. That's again. not going to happen again. So, I mean, just that attitude right there, that read into that. As a player, I'm letting the audience know, read into those, com- those comments because that gives you a, a It puts you into their minds and what they're thinking of great players. And when a great player is motivated or a great team is motivated, that's hard to beat. I mean, you you think about MJ. We were talking about Michael Jordan and how the bad boys would beat him up. Right. Physically. Oh. Uh, but then there was no there was no hand checking sure, was allowed back. Sure, then. Remember that right. was football on wood. Absolutely. You know, there's upsets and I get that there's upsets. But uh, even after game one, I, I just thought that Golden State was so confident and yep. and it was a race to see who was going to seize the momentum. Uh, and to me, Boston was making those critical mistakes and clutch minutes uh, and Golden State was not. They were they were actually rallying and, and playing very good and executing very well. And so when you go on a 35-8 to 8 run in a championship situation, I mean, that, I don't care how talented Boston is. Um, that, that, to me, just speaks of pedigree with Golden State. Yeah, that was a wild swing. 14-2 start for Boston,
4: and then a 21 run for the Warriors. Culminated, I think, like you said, 35-8 to for the Warriors. So not intimidated, mm. didn't get down. Didn't get shook and this is why I think Pritch is so valuable to the network those comments only a former player can kind of read into what Draymond was trying to say there and speaking of a former player I want to get your thoughts on Klay Thompson in a second yep. but before we do we are going to be joined by Mr. Boston himself and Pritch's partner Josh Applebaum later in the show does anybody want to do an Applebaum impersonation on how he's going to react to Boston <laughs> losing he's going to have that big goofy grin on his face and he's going to come in and he's going to go hey Pritch <laughs> Yeah, you know that's how it goes. You win some, you lose some. I get. Do you want to do a impression? I
5: can't do one. I can't.
4: I can't. Who can do Who can do an apple bomb impersonation? (laughs) Elliot, let's go. Can you do it? Oh boy! You can't. Oh boy! Flip the Um, reverse line movement to the other side. (laughs) Now, Clay. Clay Thompson. Yes. And this, from a former, you're the only one that can speak on this at the network. Two-year-long injuries. Mm. So let's think about what he went through. You take your passion. Nobody's more passionate about basketball than Clay Thompson. So you take the thing you love doing daily away from you. Um, That process of recovering, he talked about it a little bit on the stage yesterday about you know, not being with the team, being incognito and just grinding back from these injuries. And these were tough injuries oh, to yeah. come back from. I wrote down in my notes and I know this sounds crazy, but to not get addicted to something like alcohol or video games, when you just have that much downtime, when all of your time as an athlete is so systematic and planned.
5: I mean, this is quite a story that eventually right. there's going to be like a documentary about Clay's comeback. Probably. Um, I'm sure they have it documented like already. I mean. Uh, you're addicted to competition, though, as a professional athlete. that That's your addiction. Now, you try to avoid all the other stuff. Right, that, but he's not competing. He's just rehabbing. But the addiction is, I want to get back out there that' Gotcha. And so I'm going to be maniacal about how I go about this rehab. Uh, going through any rehab, any surgery, because your muscles shut down, uh, just moving your leg an inch is excruciating. Uh, like atrophy? A pain, yeah, but absolutely. Certain, yeah. yeah. So. To go through uh, an ACL situation and then blow your Achilles and go through that, too. I mean, I know doctors are amazing, but just to get back out there and have that drive each and every day to go through that pain, to get back to the level you want to get back to to help your team win a championship, it's remarkable. It, it's it's exhausting, um, but it's, it surely is gratifying, though. I mean, as a competitor, that's what you are about. Uh, you're, you're willing to go through anything to win a championship, and, and Clay epitomizes that. Yeah, maybe I was projecting
4: a little bit when I said, why doesn't he have an alcohol or a gambling addiction? What I was trying to say, Pritch, is like you take away somebody's passion, you right. take away their addiction, which is the competition. Right. Generally, for two straight years, you're going to fill it with something
5: else, and he just com- continued to grind. But knowing that he's going to get back out there now, if you don't have the opportunity to get back out there, that, that's when you kind of feel like a player or somebody could go into dangerous territory. I mean, because – it is an addiction it, it's an obsession really uh, of yours as a professional athlete to be the best and to beat the best
4: well, you know it's interesting too it's not you know it's just five of twenty five of twenty I believe last night for mm-hmm. clay but Two different times in this series, he hit a he hit a shot right. that was the difference in, in the game. So it's not like he just came back and was this you know ornament out there. No, he was a, a, an aggress. And also his defense, as the series progressed, mm-hmm. got better. His movement got better, which you would expect for somebody that's played 32 regular season games over the past 33 years. All right, I just want to be very clear. Uh, Clay doesn't have an alcohol or a video game Or a gambling addiction I'm just saying I probably would have And Elliot, you dropped the ball That was an opportunity for you to impersonate Josh Applebaum And you, you botched it Coming up next, we'll see if Will will do it And then finally we'll have Josh Will Hill's going to join Mike Pritchard and myself Patrick Maher here on the Lombardi Line Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. It's BetMGM and in BetMGM Sports, all your favorite wagering options. You can go in game with the betting, boost, uh, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Bring that state issued ID, Nevada, and you're ready to bet within minutes. Visit vsind.com for more information or just go to BetMGM.com, download the app. You got a gambling problem? It's 1 800 522 4700. You got to be 21 years or older. As we got you back here on the Lombardi line, Patrick Maher, Mike Pritchard. I, I wrote down in my notes, uh, you should listen to Pritch during the breaks because he drops knowledge. And coming up in about 29 minutes, we're going to tell you why you should be on the Cincinnati Bengals based on what you saw from the Warriors. Huh? Yeah, it'll make sense when Pritch lays it out for us here in just a little bit. Do we have the man? Will Hill. Will Hill joins us. New York City cast is the podcast. It's bigger. It's the biggest podcast on the planet, essentially, at this point. Hey, Will, what were you up to before your little hit here, huh? Where where were you? We were trying to find you.
6: Um, you know, I was getting ready to, uh, I'm really, I'm prepping for this Apple bomb segment. I'm so excited. I know you were looking for an impression, uh, an impression of, uh, of Apple bomb. Yes. Um, I think he's going to come on and I think this is what he's going to say. He's going to talk about know, a contrarian approach. The Celtics took a contrarian approach to game six because most teams in that spot will actually show up in their own building two wins away from the NBA, NBA finals. The Celtics, just a complete no show after a 12 2 lead. You know, they, they start out, you know, they're a ball of fire. They're up 12 2 it looks like we're headed to a game seven, then completely run out of the gym. It was never a game. I mean, the game uh, middle of the second quarter, the game was over. So the Celtics, uh, an ode to Applebaum took a, a contrarian approach to last night's game and just completely no show.
4: He, he, he's going to be like, you got to put that one to bed. Uh, one foot <laughs> In front, of one, in front of the other and yeah, move on. It's a new day. <laughs> That's going to be Josh. I can't. That was pretty impressive, though, Will. Uh, look at Pritch getting on. It's his good. partner. He's yeah. like, dude, you guys can't talk about my partner like leave that. Leave Josh alone, fellas. Uh, Come leave on. leave him Josh. alone. <laughs> However, Pritch was plus 145 on that money line last night. Uh, let's discuss, Will, this series ends in six. You know, a lot of professional handicappers said Boston was plainly the better team, just out, out and out the better team. Uh, Those last three games very much showed you the chess match that was won by the Warriors, and frankly, the Warriors were the better team.
6: Yeah, and you can look at it you know, one of two ways, like a lot of things. You could say the Celtics were up two games to one, and they had game four. They you know, they led at the half. They led for a lot of game four, and they were close to being up three games to one and kind of putting the series away. Or you could look at it and say, you know what? The Warriors were up 15 late in game one. They let that get away. After that, the Warriors won four out of five. So I, I do think you know, towards the end, the Warriors were clearly the better team. I think uh, the earlier rounds really started to take an effect on I Boston. I think Tatum was exhausted. And losing that game six to Miami, having to fly to Miami, me for that game seven Memorial day weekend. It's just, it's almost death by a thousand cuts because Milwaukee was a seven game physical series. Those were like football games with Giannis and just very physical Miami. I mean, people were getting hurt left and right. That was a physical series. Now they had two or three days off in between, but at some point you just run out of gas. And I know people are starting to bring up Tatum and how tired he was and the bubble where he played 41 minutes a game uh, more than anyone else into game six, of the Eastern conference finals. And Look, it feels like we haven't had an NBA offseason in a long time. It's funny. We don't have basketball again until Halloween pretty much when the season starts because the bubble finals went until, what, middle of October? Last year's finals went until, what, middle of July? Now we finally get a little breather here. We don't play until October, but uh, I just think Boston looked gassed. I agree.
5: You know, Will, as a better, I mean, was it apparent earlier on? I mean, we're in game six in terms of Tatum looking tired because as an athlete, I'm leaning on something else. I mean, he's got to step up his game. Like, how, he, how is he in transition camping out at the three-point line? You know, why is he not getting uh, down the lane or, or running the floor and helping out uh, underneath the basket? You know, Just an aggressive mindset was absent to me from Jason Tatum, who's such a fantastic player, and, and I get it. He, he might have worn down, but uh, as a player myself, it's like how do I get out-hustled and outplayed by older guys? Hmm. That, that's not supposed to happen for Jason Tatum. Yeah, and what's the saying? Fatigue uh, makes cowards of everybody.
6: And, right. Uh, I think we saw the stat. Tatum hadn't had a slam dunk since Game Six of the Miami series. So if he's not dunking, if you go seven, eight games without dunking the basketball, that's proof that he, he's pretty tired. And you're right. And I think Wiggins, like you guys mentioned it, you can't give him enough credit. Uh, it's almost I'm, I'm uncomfortable saying this. Is he the best three and D player in the league? Uh, he was incredible he, on Tatum. He, he was he so good. Will. Really. yeah, he was so good. He- he was that that's a that's a great point Mm -hmm. there was
4: one point when tatum was going to the rack he euro stepped away from the basket
6: (laughs) like what he loves that euro step. i know
4: but he doesn't need it he does i know the the dribbling's the dribbling's an issue as well anyway this is not the pile on them he's 24 years old this is a a young nucleus let's Mm -hmm. go ahead and throw up the board for next year and get will hill's take on it here on the lombardi line Uh, we've got the odds for next year look we just talked about conditioning. Why why isn't Steph getting tired at thirty uh, four? But I digress. And I think he played. I think Wiggins played almost every minute of the game yesterday. So he's become invaluable right. to the Warriors. Go ahead and take a look, Pritch and Will. Uh, championship futures. These are via BetMGM. You got five and a half to one on the Warriors. You've got six and a half to one on the Celtics. <laughs> the Nets continue will to get respected in the in the market, which is hilarious. And then the Clippers. If the Clippers are healthy, you're going to see that number shorten up even at seven seven and a half to one.
6: Yeah, you made a good point with Curry and the conditioning. And I think he got so much stronger, too. You saw him power through smart and finish at the rim a couple times. Yep. I'm looking at the board. Look, I don't know if you know this about me, Patrick. I like to bet. I enjoy gambling. <laughs> yes. You I love futures. Play. I love you
4: beer. love futures. Will's always got money tied up as mm-hmm. well. Can we, yeah. can we admit that?
6: Oh, boy, the Lakers 22 to 1. Is LeBron and AD <laughs> rested? Don't make me. I'm not going to do it. I can't do that. How about Bucks 8 to 1 pretty good bet. They should be at least in the mixed Conference finals. Giannis rested. Middleton back. Bucks 8 to 1 is not terrible. I don't have like a big long shot here, 30, 40 to one. I like, um, you know, I I can't trust Philly 14 to one, just kind of going through these teams. New Orleans will be better. I don't know that they're ready to take that leap. If you get a healthy Zion with that nucleus, could they be like a second round team? Maybe, but 40 to one probably need a little more on that. I don't know. Let me ask you, Patrick, anything you like, anything, maybe the the Grizz another year, they're so deep 14
4: to one. I'd prefer Mm. it closer to 20 to one. To your point, I don't love any of the numbers.
5: Um, What about the Mavs? Milwaukee. Christian Wood. Christian Wood joining
4: the Mavs at 14-1. to Mm -hmm. Milwaukee, I think 8-1 to on Milwaukee is the best price. If we're just looking for a price, I agree with you there. And by the way, I'll ask you both this. I'll start with Pritch. If Milwaukee's got Middleton this year, are they playing the Warriors last night?
5: Yeah, I think Boston might have got lucky, the fact that Middleton wasn't out there. Um, I mean, you saw – I mean, they had to win game six on the road and come back in game seven that way. But uh, Middleton would have just been different, a dynamic out there for Milwaukee. How about you, Will? I want to say yes, but if
6: you go back and look, Boston really outscored him. I know it went seven. Boston outscored him by like 50, 60 points in that series. Are we really saying Middleton? I mean, what's he worth, a couple points a game uh, in terms of the point spread? So, but I will say yes, just because they needed another shooter and um, Milwaukee was just so short. They just had no rotation. So I will say yes, but I'm not certain of it.
4: Yeah. Throw that board once more. I think the two, like you said, I think the Clippers and Bucks represent the value. I think the Suns. Uh, see you later. Peace. Hmm. Don't let the door hit in the ass. Um, Warriors way too short, five and a half to one for a vet team, a veteran laden team. They've got decisions to make in mm-hmm. the offseason as well. Uh, I could never bet the Celtics with your money. No offense to Massachusetts. Okay, there it is, the Futures board for next year, NBA Finals. Uh, Will, the – I'm just trying to think of – the total yesterday ends up – there was a barrage where everybody – they just couldn't miss a shot. I think it was yeah. maybe in the second. But then, like we talked about through text, you know, elimination game in the postseason regardless
6: of sport, it's, you're really, really begging if you're betting overs. For sure, and people think of the Warriors, I think a lot of people think of, obviously, Steph and Clay and the Splash Brothers and making all these threes, revolutionizing the game, which they certainly have. They, they are, and they always have been a just outstanding defensive team. They don't put a yep. bad defensive player on the floor. Draymond, since he got benched, really went to another level these last two or three games. Uh, we talked about Wiggins, even Curry. I mean, LeBron in some of those finals against the Cavs, they would pick on Curry. But that was just because they had nobody else to pick on. This is just a rock-solid defensive team, and uh, look, six finals appearances in eight years, a 73-win season, four titles. This is now on the short list. The, the 90s Bulls, probably the, uh, the, what, the 80s Celtics? Or, uh, I'm sorry, the 80s Lakers, the 60s Celtics. There's probably three or four of these, and, and yep. they're on the short list here in terms of dynasties. Absolutely.
5: Will, quick question about when you tie up your money. It uh, doesn't matter the sport. Uh, do you uh, look at culture at all? I mean, even with the futures board that we were looking at um, with the NBA, like I, I just wondered, do you factor in culture when you're tying up your money for that long?
6: Yeah, I think you have to, because look at the Clippers. How many people have gotten burned
5: by the Clippers? Like at some point you got to show it to me. I mean, they haven't even been
6: to a conference finals. And, you know, you guys made a good point with Wiggins changing cultures. And how many times have we seen it with the Patriots, whether it's Corey Dillon or Randy Moss, you know, you get in a a different building, put a different uniform on uh, that stuff matters. I mean, I think that stuff definitely matters in terms of how these guys are developed, how these guys are coached and uh, Kerr now nine titles, what four is a coach. uh, he, He is absolutely a hall of famer.
4: Yeah. I've worked at different broadcast entities. I've never felt myself until I got to <laughs> Just 22, turn, 22 turnovers as well for the Celtics last night. Josh oh. just texted, so he's obviously not listening. He goes, he said, both Brown and Tatum went over on their turnover prop, LOL. I'm not even responding to him because I'm waiting for the appearance. Uh, but 22 turnovers, that points to fatigue as well, Will. We just got about 30 yeah. seconds here.
6: Yeah, and a lot of them were forced. I mean, you could put it on Boston and say, oh my God, it's not like they're just fumbling the ball with nobody around them. I know. Uh, Golden State has hands everywhere. Their schemes are good. They're versatile. Uh, you know, hats off to Golden State. This is impressive. To get knocked off the mountain and to come back, this is uh, certainly special for them.
4: Three words nobody wanted to hear, but it's a fact Draymond was good. Yeah, he was. He was very good. Will Hill, New York City cast, Kirkshin coming up, right?
6: He was on the other day, right. Bill James next week, Howard Beck. We got to cast a 1,000. Bill
4: James, the baseball historian in Metro. Yes. Uh, that is awesome. Good job. Of course, the podcast hey is slash podcast. Our buddy Wes Reynolds next. Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bryson, two over, you hate to see it. He's a tremendous guy over at the U.S. Open. Oh, this is a good bet over at BetMGM. I like this. This is new. You can place a no-run first-inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first-inning prop bet on any Friday baseball game. you got a full slate today. Uh, up to $20. That's right. Simply place a single or parlay no-run first-inning bet. No runs in the first. No problem, because you're going to win. If only one run is scored, you get your wager back. So, you got to run in the first, just one, you get your 20 bucks back. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older, new and existing customer offer, opt-in required. So, again, get over there right now and get in on the no-run first-inning wager. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Got to be 21 years or older, Mississippi, Nevada, or New York not involved. 21 years or older, that would mean Elliot Bowman can't make that play, as we got you back here. Uh, Mike Pritchard in for Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. U.S. Open at the Country Club, of course, going on right now. The leaderboard is weird as we say hi to our expert, Wes Reynolds, of course, and host. Of course, you've got your Callum Terrans and David Lingmurths in the mix. But if Rory's in the w- in the mix, it's going to get have some juice. And then all of a sudden you see... Somebody like a Kepka going low Morikawa's there Adam Scott Homa it's starting to add up here we like this board here what Wes
3: Yeah absolutely and it looks like Scotty Scheffler going to get in at 3 under par just missed his birdie here at 18 so now at BetMGM the second choice at plus 450 Rory on the practice tee right now about 40 minutes before he tees off he is 4 to 1 but if you look I don't know how much these guys at the top are going to extend here in the afternoon. The conditions, Patrick, are going to be tougher because the greens are going to be a little bit faster. You'd expect the wind to pick up at least slightly. We didn't have very many guys in red figures here this morning, I think, out of 78. And it, I, and I checked this about 20 minutes ago, so it may even be less now. We only had nine of 78 players in red figures in the morning, so you would expect... Probably not very many, much more in the second flight this afternoon.
5: Sam Burns also making a move there too, Wes. um, A guy that I think you guys highlighted a little bit there on long shots uh, recently. Um, You know, Rory going out, because I followed Rory. I had an outright on him at the PGA. He started strong, faltered, and then came on strong, uh, in the final round. Uh, what about his makeup uh, with this course uh, that you're seeing right now, West in terms of round two? Uh, is this a guy that's extremely confident to navigate through this course today?
3: Yeah, I, I think so, Pritch. And, you know, you mentioned it, how he got off to that hot start, start at the PGA, couldn't really keep it up, even though he kind of rallied late in the final round and really rallied on Sunday at the Masters with the 64. And really, what we've seen with Rory over the last few years, keep in mind his last major win was 2014 at the PGA at, over at Valhalla. And he tends to get off to bad starts in the first round. And then rounds two through four, he really picks it up and rallies. So it's a good sign that he got out to a good start of uh, the co-leader right now at three under par. I believe they're a six-way tie for the lead at the moment, but... You looked at Rory, he putted great yesterday, gained almost four and a half strokes putting on the greens, gained a little over two strokes on the approach with the irons. We know his strength of his game is off the tee. Now, the distance and the driver gets taken out of play a little bit this week because it's a mid-7,200-yard type of course, so you don't necessarily have to bomb and gouge. Just has to kind of tidy up that game around the green a little bit, his chipping and his scrambling. That's where he did loose strokes yesterday. But look, I, I, I think Rory is going to stay right in the mix for the weekend and he is the rightful favorite. But with this leaderboard so compact and so many guys now getting themselves into play with the afternoon guys still yet to tee off, this is going to be a condensed leaderboard. So, I don't think he's a home run necessarily to get home as the favorite, even though I think it's justifiable at four to one.
4: Wes, if a better wants Wes Reynolds, of course, the best here on the Lombardi line joining us. If a better wants to get involved this weekend, whether it's matchups or just, you know, betting on a a golfer in particular, help us understand who you like as far as course shape, right? There's some narrow fairways, small targets, as far as the greens, whose game do you like at this course?
3: Well, the guy I really like, actually, that I have going in the morning is Matt Fitzpatrick. Now, he's he's won over on his round, still has two holes left to play. This is the type of course that favors his game. And, of course, he did win on this course back in 2013 at 19 years old when he was at Northwestern. He won the U.S. Amateur here at the Country Club at Brookline. So... You know, this is the type of U.S. Open and the type, of course, where pars are very good and scrambling and grinding out and making pars, avoiding mistakes, just hitting fairways, hitting greens. And, you know, taking your two putts and taking your medicine, pars are very good scores here. And that's the type of game that really fits Matt Fitzpatrick in the fact that he's never going to win like a birdie fest. He's never going to win something 25 under or something like that, but he wins on tough golf courses. So I think he is very much in the mix depending on how he finishes here. But you mentioned in terms of how to get involved for the weekend, one thing that I rarely do in terms of, like, in-play futures bets – I rarely do it after the first round, and especially at a major like the U.S. Open where conditions could get tougher in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to want to wait until late this afternoon, early evening, to see kind of where it stands once we've got any draw bias potentially out of the way. because. You know, I thought as of yesterday, maybe the guys this morning were going to have an easier time and they were going to get the better draw, the late, early draw of Thursday, Friday, but that may not be the case. So I'm going to wait and see how these afternoon guys do, see what the carnage is going to be, what the cut is going to be. I think the cut line's probably going to go to four over. I know right now. Low 60 in ties, it would be plus two. But based on what I've seen today, I think the threes and fours are going to be around for the weekend.
5: Wes, looking at some scoring, too, with the par fives, I mean, eight and uh, also 14, uh, the golfers are scoring well there. But I, I wonder, does the tour kind of help along conditions to make it tougher for these golfers into the weekend?
3: Oh, absolutely, Pritch. The USGA is going to doctor this course up and put the pins <laughs> in very difficult places, tomorrow for round three and especially on Sunday for round four look they want the winning score to be as close to level or even par as possible they don't want these guys you know being 10 under par or something like that I don't think there's a chance of that happening based on what I've seen today I thought the winning score when somebody asked me earlier in the week I said Okay, you know, four or five under. And that still may be it, depending on how these guys go this afternoon. But the weekend conditions are going to get tougher. And you mentioned the par fives. Mm -hmm. Uh, The par five on the front nine is over 600 yards. That is not necessarily a birdie hole. The one on the back's a little bit easier, but you got one sharp, short par four on the back that players could perhaps drive the green and maybe have an eagle opportunity. But, yeah, these par fives are not, you know, gimmies like they are pretty much week to week on the tour where it's like, okay, you know, I can make it a three-shot hole or I can go for it in two, two putt and be done with my birdie. Can't really do that this week.
4: Wes, you have many connections, including over at NBC. Can you get a hold of them? Because I was trying to find the golf yesterday at home, and it was more complicated than the Da Vinci Code. I mean, (laughs) they they were hopping from... I got Peacock over here. I got USA, like I'm Law & Order, over here. They were hopping around. What was going on?
3: Yeah, it's on the uh, the USA network right now. Yeah, you're getting uh, Chicago Fire and Law and Order. My buddy uh, Justin Ray at Justin Ray Golf on Twitter said there was some kind of kidnapping story or something on Law and Order. <laughs> or Sex trade this morning and then Hey, welcome to the second round of the United States. Open. <laughs> That's so
4: good. That's good.
3: But it'll also be on NBC this afternoon. So uh, for uh, fellow days of our lives, watchers, uh, you're going to have to wait until Monday until the stories are back. Wait, wait, <laughs> hold
4: on. Hold on. Don't admit it to me. And I don't care if you call it a guilty pleasure. Do you get down with the soaps, Wes?
3: I do I do get down yeah, with the soaps. What's soap, wrong with Patrick. the soaps? They're, they're no, not there's not very many wrong. left to get down with anymore. There's only four on during the daytime. Used to be there were like 15 or 20 when I was a little kid. But, yeah, no, no days today, so uh, no uh, <laughs> ongoings in Salem. The ongoings are here at the Country Club at Brookline.
4: No, the one that I watched, me and my sisters, when we got home from school, was the one with Susan Lucci in it. What was that one called? Um, all my children. All my Chil- See, Dude, all my yeah. children
5: went hard
4: and dirty. I mean, that that show, <laughs> that show
5: brought the heat. Do you watch those? So well, in the locker room, CBS was always on, so it was Young and Restless and Bold and Beautiful. Which, yes. which which right that led into West Jerry's just perked up. right. <laughs> I which it, one yes. did you prefer? That, um, that was my. That, those were my
3: grandma's stories on CBS. There you go. As the world turns, Guiding Light. Rest in peace to those shows. Those have been canceled for yeah. a few years. But yeah, a lot of athletes. So <laughs> put that out there. A lot of athletes are closet soap. Watchers. Oh, absolutely. absolutely.
5: It led into Jerry Springer, too. So we had CBS, and we had the soaps, and it led into Jerry Springer. So our lunches were active in the locker room. What's
4: what's Susan Lucci's story these days? I mean, I'm just saying, Susan. I'm single. Get at me, girl. Uh, Wes Reynolds, you're the best. Enjoy the golf. Wes Reynolds, of course, Visa and host. We appreciate you, buddy. Thank you.
3: You bet, guys. Thank you.
4: <laughs> that just devolved into soap opera talk, and that was my favorite part of the conversation. All right, coming up next, why, if you're a Bengals supporter, you should feel good after what you saw from the Warriors. I know it sounds convoluted, but Pritch is going to make it make sense. Plus, we'll get Pritch's take on the Ravens. It appears Lamar is interested in talking. Will he hold out, and what does it mean to the Ravens' futures? We'll find out next here. Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's Vsin the Sports Betting Network